From KCUR Studios, I'm Suzanne Hogan. And I'm Cody Newell. And this is Question Quest. We're setting out to find landmarks. Oddities. Legends. All the curious things in the Midwest that make you wonder, what's up with that? We'll put them in two decks of cards, shuffle them up, and take turns each week sending each other on a quest to find out the answer. Okay, Cody, so you are up. Which card do you want? Hmm, how about this one? Okay. Uh, in Kansas City, Kansas, there's a bright red roadhouse tucked away next to a creek. On the outside, it says Starving Artist Lounge and Performing Arts Group. What is the lounge and what is the arts group that met there? And the picture is of this little building with a gravel drive definitely like a roadhouse kind of vibe. Kind of beat up looking, a lot of overgrowth around the building. What, what is this? Well, okay, so I know about this. Okay. And that's, I put this in. So how did you find out about this weird place? Because I was talking to my friend Mike about the idea of this podcast and I was just looking around for things that I was curious about and just asking friends and he rides his bike by this place all the time okay and we started talking about it and basically the more we talked about it the more I mean we just realized we didn't know anything about it but it seemed really interesting and like a place that I would want to go to if it was still around yeah I'm really actually excited for you to figure this out because I want to maybe go hang out at this place (laughs) you want to go to the starving artist lounge all right well so go off on your quest but before you do that let's take care of a little business first do you know who your state legislators are what are the major issues going on in your state well we're not going to try to answer those questions right here but if you head over to a different kcur studios podcast that's state house blend Hosts Sam Zeff and Brian Ellison take you inside the different state houses of Missouri and Kansas to talk with politicians over coffee and donuts. That's State House Blend. Find it on iTunes and Google Play now. Now back to the quest. So like most stories that I work on, my first step was to see if there is anything on the Internet about this place. Starving Artists Lounge. Kansas City. Well, hmm. Weird. Oh, here's a Facebook page. Oh, but (laughs) here's a Facebook page with literally nothing else besides the address of this place. This might seem fairly obvious, but the internet really is an amazing tool for journalists. Like, you can find phone numbers, names, addresses, fan pages, historical resources, just so much stuff. Yeah, there's so much, almost too much information out there on the internet. But the only thing I could really find was this blog post from 2014 asking what the place was, but no answers, no comments from a member of the group, nothing. I decided to post a picture that I got online to a local artist page on Facebook, hoping that somebody would know about it. That's good. That's a good idea. Yeah. I think it's weirder when you can't find things on the internet. That makes you think, 
what is up with this? There's nothing on the internet about this or like the most minimal thing. Oh, totally. Since I couldn't find anything, though, I asked my coworker Maria Carter about the lounge. She lives in Kansas City, Kansas, and knew the place pretty much instantly. She said that she thought that it had been out of business for a while. It's on this weird little road. Like, it's called Row Lane. It's very secluded. There's not a lot along that street. And it's, it looks like the type of place if you like were murdered there, like people would not find your body for a long, long time. Well, this instills a lot of confidence in me and I feel really good about it now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I decide to go out there myself and get a look at the lounge. Suzanne's friend Mike, who bikes by it all the time, tells me he can meet me there in 30 minutes. And I figure if the place actually is dangerous, he'll find my body and report it to the police. He's a nice guy, he would do. <laughs> <laughs> The creek babbles outside, and people whiz by along Row Lane, craning their necks to look at me. Every single person who's driven by is giving me the eyeball. I think that maybe illustrates just how long it's been since they've probably seen somebody here. Maybe? The building itself looks like it's seen better days, with some damage to the exterior, and some cinder blocks that form a wall near the creek are cracked and broken. Kind of overgrown trees in the back. This definitely does seem like the place, I think, I think Maria was right, you could stash a body here pretty easily. That's creepy. The place just doesn't look like it's been touched for years. No, door is locked. Bolted, seems like. Kind of back patio area. It's got a gate. So I could technically go in, but I'd rather not get arrested for trespassing or something. But then Mike pulls up pretty shortly after I get there. What do you imagine the starving artist lounge would have looked like or what would have been going on? Just got like uh, really low lamps, uh, cigarette smoking like way past when it was banned in bars. I don't know, maybe just some like weird one-off shows every now and then, just playing in the background that nobody's really paying much attention to. Mike says he's heard some pretty crazy stuff about the place. I mentioned it to my friend Greg, who works at like a sign shop, and he was talking to one of his coworkers about it, and his coworker said that this place might have been like a on the down low, like brothely <laughs> spot. There's not much around the lounge, so I go up the street and around the corner to see if there's any business owners that know anything about it. On the way, I spot a mailman and ask him if he knows anything, but he says he's never seen anyone in it and never delivered even one piece of mail in three years. I stop by a nearby liquor store next. One guy there says there have been several different bars in that building. One was a, a biker's club, one was a karaoke bar, and uh, the other one I don't think it ever opened. The location is bad, man. That creek is right there. What's your favorite kind of bar, Suzanne? What kind of place do you like to go to? I know you said that you, you, you maybe would be interested in going to the Starving Artist Lounge. I'm always looking for unexpected places that have been around for a long time. I like old bars. Okay. So it has to have some of that kind of like, I don't know, that history. Yeah, I like for it to have a real sense of place and, you know, old decorations. Yeah, I just really like old dives because they're cheap and you normally run into really interesting characters. 
places where you can see the dude at the end of the bar who's been there for like a million years and you know knows everybody's name and, and is you drinking know, whiskey straight out of glass or something and you know their story too because you've gone there and talked to them and you know where there's like you have some relationship with the bar owner or the yeah the regulars i like jukeboxes those are hard to find now too so did anybody else nearby have any other information about that place they did. So down the road, there's a stoneworking store called the House of Rocks. I usually get money for interviews. I'll let you know. <laughs> oh, God. I have to pay you? Oh, my goodness. This, this may go real downhill. I need to get out of here. No, uh, could you just Jack Robinson's me? been around the area for decades and says that he remembers Starving Artist before it was Starving Artist. Well, it was called Pretzels Bar and Grill, and forever it was just like the local hangout. And they would have, like, uh, bands of the weekend and things, so it was kind of a neat little place. So kind of like a Cheers Tavern, you know? And the best part, Pretzels was owned by a guy named Jim Pretzel. That's such a good name. Isn't it? That's the best name ever. I wish my name was Jim Pretzel. (laughs) Because you love pretzels? Well, I think it'd be a really good NPR name. I do love pretzels as well, though. Jack says that Jim sold the place and various owners tried to make a similar business, but it never really caught the same way. I think people tried replicating that and it didn't work. The people didn't show up or they had the wrong clientele or something. It's been several years since it was an established uh, bar and grill kind of place. A little further down the road, I visit a cabinet store where Dennis Lawrence, his brother James, and their friend Ryan are chatting. Hi. Uh, I got a weird question for you. Um, my name's Cody, and I've been sent out to investigate this weird kind of red roadhouse-looking place on Row Lane. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? That bar down there, on the one that you're investigating on, uh, that hadn't been open for ten years, probably. Oh, uh, okay. It's so been, it's, it's, yeah, it's just been sitting there. For Dennis whole- thinks the starving artist is owned by the same folks that own a similar roadhouse bar next to his cabinet shop called Double T's. I don't know the guy's name. That's just it. I've never, in all these years, I've talked to a guy, but I never got his name, never found out who owns it. But you can find out on the tax. Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah, call the tax, the Kansas City, Kansas tax, and yeah. they'll tell you. But it's a, it's a group, so you're probably going to get a group name. You know Dennis, what? James, and Ryan also theorize that the place is being used for tax purposes or that the owners are holding on to it to see if the land value will go up. And Dennis does confirm that Starving Artist used to be called Pretzels at some point. Good luck. Hey, let, keep us going. Keep us yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. I, yeah. I, I'd really like to know who does. Honestly, let me know what you... So I take his advice, and I look up the tax and business info and find that the place has been all sorts of different bars and restaurants over the last 15 years or so. Billy Jack's Hillside Bar and Grill, 2000 to 2001. Oh, Crazy Feet Cantina and Grill, 2003 and 2004. Kickstand Bar and Grill, 2006 to 2008. King of Clubs, 2009 to 2010. And of course, Starving Artist Lounge, starting sometime after 2010. So there is obviously information out there about it. Did you find anything by going to that artist group on Facebook? So there was a woman named Kate Hogan. That is my sister's name. (laughs) Is it really? Oh man, this Catherine. This is a different spelling, though. It's not. It's not your sister, but. (laughs) Oh, H A U G E N. Okay, go on. (laughs) But she responded to my post, and she knew the place when it was the kickstand. She lived in the area for just a year, but was a regular there. I remember going in there and just feeling like. Like, everybody had been hanging out there for a hundred years. The patrons inside were usually, like, kind of Harley-Davidson, leather-clad folks. 
And everybody was super nice. In fact, Kate says the place was as far from scary as you could get, particularly on karaoke night. There was, like, the most amazing woman that used to host it. She had braces and white tennis shoes, and she would, like, ask you, she would come up and be like, oh, I really want to hear you sing uh, Rehab by Amy Winehouse. That that sounds, I, I don't think I've ever heard of a karaoke place that sounds like that. Like, I don't think I've ever had an experience with karaoke where there was, like, an MC that was like, you, get up here, I want to hear what you sound like. It, it made us feel like celebrities, because she would come up, and it wasn't, they weren't songs that you'd sung before, but she would come up and be like, I just think that you would sound amazing singing this song. Will you please sing it? And you're like, oh, sure. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll entertain you. <laughs> Do you remember what, like, songs you were singing back then? Yeah. So we sang um, songs from the musical Chess. Oh. Um, probably One Night in Bangkok. And I know him so well. Fifty-two songs. Ooh, that's a good choice. And we were definitely singing Talking Heads, probably Burning Down the House. That's a really good list of karaoke songs. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I asked Kate if she had any info on the place after 2008, but she didn't go back after she left the area. No, I had not even, I think, driven by it. Did you ever think anybody would ever call you and ask about this this place? No, and that's the thing is I don't really feel like um, I went enough to be able to, like, speak on its behalf. Sure. You know, because it wasn't like... I mean, I guess we did go, like, every week for a while, but it wasn't... But then knowing how many times the property has been transferred over, like, since then, it seems, well, maybe maybe it was there for that eight months that I went. I was as regular as anybody else, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's Have certain... you been able to find out, like, what the lifespan on that was? So, actually, the, the kickstand was around, actually, for a pretty significant amount of time. It was around from, like, 2006 to 2008. Before that, it had been, like, two or three different places. And, and as far as I can tell, uh, a guy who owns a, like, stoneworking business told me that it used to be called Pretzels, and it was owned by a guy named Jim Pretzel. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> I know, right? I'm okay. going to change my last name to Pressel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we know all these places that this building once was, but right. we don't know anybody who actually went to the Starving Artist when it was an actual business. So I tried everything to get information about this place. I asked the auction company that would have sold it when it was the King of Clubs, but they didn't keep that information on file. I checked city records, and I found the name of a company out of Lawrence, Kansas that owned the property, but their phone number didn't work. All I had was an address, so I sent them a letter. A letter? Yeah, a letter. I wrote a letter and sent it to them. Very nice. <laughs> Old-fashioned. You don't even know the half of it. I even printed out flyers 
with a picture of the lounge and put my information on it and put it at nearby apartment complexes to try to find somebody that would know something. What did it say? Just (laughs) do you have any information about this property? Like a it said, like, have you ever been to this place? Call Cody Newell, like let him know or something like that. You'll make his week. I think I put at the bottom. (laughs) That could mean quite a few different things. (laughs) I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. Okay, you're soliciting like, all types of things here, but I appreciate that. What a what a uh, what a move. That's good. Nice well, work. <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, the trail was looking pretty cold. But I talked with artist Tim Admonson. He works on projects uncovering the history around Turkey Creek, which is the larger body of water that feeds the Little Creek outside of Starving Artist. Tim told me that he had definitely been to the place with a friend before it was called Starving Artist Lounge. We went in there at night. It felt like a bar that you find out in the country, maybe if you're on a road trip or something. Just right down to the drink specials and the, and the lights and the, and the bar lights and the pool. You would not at all be surprised if somebody walked in with two six-shooters on either side. That totally checked out with what Kate said the place was like when it was the kickstand. And a while after that, Tim and his friend went back, and Tim said that he was fairly sure that it was called the Starving Artist Lounge. You know that moment where you, like, make a breakthrough with a story you've worked, like, really hard on? Yeah. That moment is so sweet, and I felt so excited to know that somebody had finally been to this place. And it had completely kind of changed tone. Um, It wasn't so much of a country bar. Um, It was very... It was kind of strange. It was, you know, more of its own sort of scene. A little bit macabre. A little bit kind of like theater, nerdy. Yeah, somewhat off, but like really exciting too. Like, it, that's what I remember. I can't I can't really vouch. I wouldn't put my hand on the Bible over it. But that's kind of how I remember it. But here is where... I have some bad news. What? So I got a call just a day after I talked to Tim. Yeah. And it was the owners of the property. That's good news, right? Well, it's good news and bad news. Um, They didn't want to go on tape, but they said everything straight. The Starving Artist Lounge never opened. What? I know. According to the guy who called me, they never got it off the ground It was supposed to be a place for artists to kind of gather, to show off their works, you know, have shows, that kind of thing. But it just never happened. That's a bummer. That place sounds like it would have been really cool. See? And the owner said that they were kind of working on and off on it and still trying to get it off the ground. But he said that at this point they were looking to make it maybe into a barbecue joint instead. I guess it's better than nothing. I just... It seems like a cool old building, and you just like to see something like that being used. But it is kind of funny the way that people remember things. This kind of comes up again and again with these quests a little bit. People just have really vivid memories about the way things were or what something was, and so often it doesn't really line up with what's fact. Right, and like people can have like a rumor about it that you know, kind of just gets like cemented in their mind of like, oh, well, that must have been what it was like, or that must have been what was going on there. Like, you know, Mike's friend saying that it was like 
maybe there was some sex work or something like that's a crazy thing yeah it is interesting but we know the truth now we know the truth it never happened nope So, do we want to do trivia? Sure. All right. You know how we were talking about karaoke earlier? Yeah. So the musical Chess has music by a former member of a pop group that was big in the 70s and 80s. What group was that person part of? A, Yes. B, Genesis. C, Super Tramp. Or D, ABBA. Oh, man, I love ABBA. (laughs) What's your favorite ABBA song? Uh... Take a chance on me. <laughs> Do not put this in. It's going to be in there. No, please don't. <laughs> um, but I've never seen Chess. I haven't either. Um, I'm going to go with Super Tramp. You're going to go with Super Tramp, huh? Yeah. It is not Super Tramp. It is ABBA. Ah! <laughs> I should have followed my instincts. No, it's better this way. All right. It's better to be a failure. <laughs> Okay, well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Question Quest. If you have ideas for places that you think we should check out, send us an email to questionquest at kcur.org. You can also follow us on Twitter. Cody is at Cody Newell, and our show is at QQ underscore podcast. Get in touch with us there, and we'll put your ideas into our decks. Music this week is by me, Lobo Loco, Dr. Turtle, Lonely Hearts Blues Band, the musical Chess, the B-52s, and the Agrarians. Special thanks this week to Jim Pretzel, wherever you may be. Our producers are Sylvia Maria Gross and Brianna O'Higgins. I'm Suzanne Hogan, and you are Cody Newell. Yep. Tune in next week.